Hey everyone, it's Louisa Tanner-Munson from the Feel Good Astrology Podcast and I'm coming to you with a new series called Great Realizations. The recording that you're about to listen to was recorded for all media, so for Facebook, YouTube and podcast, because I think the messages within this are worth sharing far and wide. It's about these times and these times have been called amongst other things, the great pause, the great unraveling, the great realization and the great awakening. In these recordings, I talk with healers, therapists, intuitives and practitioners and explore what impact this unprecedented time has brought to them, has brought to their transformational work, to their life and also to the lives of the people that they work with. I'm Louisa Tanner-Munson and it is my great pleasure now to talk with today's guests about their great realisations. I want to introduce you now to my guest, Stacey McIntyre, who herself has been through some really large shifts in her experience. So Stacey, welcome to the show. Thanks for agreeing to be on today. Um, Can I ask you to tell us a little bit about who you are, please? Hi, Louisa. Hi, lovely to be here. So yes, I am originally from South Africa, as you can hear. Um, So uh, moved out to the UK about, uh, about 20 years ago now. And um, yeah, my background is in business. I studied economics and law. And then through my own experiences, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor about 15 years ago. And through that, um, and the experiences that followed after that, ended up moving into holistic therapies, trying them out, getting good results with my tumor with them. Um, And then, yeah, training and becoming a holistic therapist. So now that's what I do. I work as a holistic therapist. So that's my journey in a, in a quick nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it has lots of pit stops along the way because um, I would imagine that when you go through a process like that and, and start considering uh, what it might be like to not be here anymore, that's going to change your consciousness in, in quite a big way, I would imagine. <laughs> um, so um, given that you've been through these big changes and now we're going through what appears to be quite a big change in consciousness right now. What, what do you make of these times? Uh, it's such interesting times because you're right. I mean, you do, you do somehow have a, a different perspective on things. Um, when you go through experiences that, that change your life, you, you sort of step back from things and, and get a different view. Um, and, I think that the most challenging thing is we all dealing on a day-to-day basis with uh, uncertainty, change, all of this that's coming up and everything that we knew is no longer there. And that brings up a lot of fear in people. And, and it's the fear that then defines what happens going forward because do you sort of decide make your decisions from a fear-based place or do you step outside of the fear and try and look at the bigger picture going forward? Um, and that's really, really challenging. And I think with people at the moment, with everyone, um, we just don't know what it is we're deciding on. And, um, and, and the thing is what I had was um, – I obviously was diagnosed with the brain tumor and they operated fairly quickly on that. So that was going back about 15 years now. Um, And then what I got from that at that initial place, which I haven't really sort of thought about or realized was I got a bit of clarity on, on how I wanted to do things going forward because you have the oncologist who's advising you. um, And yeah, so you had the, I had the neurosurgeon advising me and then the oncologist because things started to grow and, you, you very quickly get to a place where you think what actually feels right for me. And I think that's where I've 
I've moved and that's the change for me is I try not to think things too much. I try and feel them rather. And, and how do they feel? Do they feel right? Do they? And it wasn't a conscious awareness. It was something I sort of moved into. Um, and that initial sort of experience was having the conversation with the oncologist and the neurosurgeon saying to them, you leave me for three months and let me go and do what Ever it is that I can find, having not really gone much into holistic therapies at that point, but I did, and I did holistic therapies for three months. They scanned again, and the tumor had stopped growing. So, so that was my initial experience, and that was going back 15 years. And, and I always put this in because I am, I am aware that tumors grow and then they stop growing. So it could well be that it was re related to that. But what I got from that three months of of doing holistic therapies was I got a a sense of clarity of going forward um, and not a, a sense of clarity from a place of um, I know what the answer is. It wasn't that at all. It was more just a certainty of what resonated more, uh, which I was more connected with and my decision making became clearer and more aligned with me. And as a result of that, I started making better decisions. And bringing that back to your original question, because I've gone off at a tangent. Um, I think what's happening now is there's there's so much uncertainty that people are very fearful because they're not as connected to themselves because we've yeah. lost that connection. And where I come back to now is I keep bringing myself back to that connection of what does it feel like? What feels right? Is it right? Is it wrong? From a feeling point of view, not a knowing brain point of view. So anyway, I don't know if that answers it, but that that's the long sort of answer to I my I think that's a really perfect answer and I'm really happy for us to go down tangents too by the way um, yeah because um in fact one of the things that I've been struggling with and um, a lot of the people that I work with and people that I've just been sort of connected with on on social media is that um it's finding that clarity finding that peace of mind finding that um base level of where you can almost imagine your new life mm. that's, that's the skill right now isn't it to to mm. be able do that and like Carl and I um have been very much going into ourselves and and trying to touch the deepest part of ourselves you know to go back to the feelings and and feel our way through but it's very difficult because we're very addicted to our minds yeah now, um rumor has it you had a near-death experience can I ask you about that because I'm sure yeah. that relates does that relate to the definitely Absolutely. Yeah. So what happened was so I took you back 15 years and then going back about five and a half, six years ago, um, what happened was a cyst formed on the tumor and it blocked the flow of CSF around my head. So I ended up going back into hospital um, and having a having brain surgery. And the, the tumor is on the pineal gland, so right in the middle of my head. And um, so not very easy to get to. And what happened was I went and they operated. They all they could do was basically well, not all they could do. They did a lot, but they, what they could they couldn't they couldn't take the tumor out. They um, sort of released the pressure in the in the cyst, um, and then and that was good. So I went away, and eight weeks later, I the, the cyst filled up again and it blocked again. So I had to repeat the same operation eight weeks later, and that was when the near death experience. So I, I came out of that operation. I went into ICU. And I just remember coming out that evening or, or being aware that evening of this. Um, I just, I, I, you're not aware that it's a near-death experience. You're just in this experience. And then you are aware that I had this clock, which was to the right of my bed. And I'd look at the clock and, for instance, I would say it's 12 o'clock with the second hand on the 12. And I would close my eyes and I would just go into this realm 
it's the best way I can explain it, of all possibilities. So I had this sense of almost like a massive book with lots and lots of pages and all the pages were possibilities of an event but this was the one that i was living so i was living this one but if this had happened then that would have happened and that would have happened so i could see all of the possibilities this massive realm of potential and possibilities but i could also see the one that i was living um and they and this would go on for what felt like ages and ages. And then I would open my eyes, look back at the clock and no time had passed. The second hand would still be on the 12. So that was amazing. And then, so they, there was lots that went on in that experience, but these are the sort of the key things that I, I, I'm focusing on. But that was the one thing. The other thing was I had a huge sense of, of love, a massive expanse of love, just total and utter unconditional love. And I was very aware of my husband and my children and my love for them, but I wasn't attached to it. And it was, and when I say it was okay, I, I don't mean it was, I wanted to leave, but I was quite at peace with, I either would be back here with them or I would be off somewhere else. And, and either way was absolutely fine. There was no attachment to one way or the other. There was just love. Either way I knew um, there was love available to me. And in that love, there was a complete absence of fear. And I think that for me is the absolute essence of what I got out of that experience. I got so much out of it, but I got that sense of no fear. And I'm able to access that now in my life now. And it's not that I don't have situations that create fear, that I have fear, it comes up, I recognize it as fear. And then I'm able to take myself back to that place of no fear. And in that place of no fear, you get this clarity and you get this um, connection with yourself where you're able to move forward with a sense of knowing um, that's not from your head. So that, that in a nutshell, is, is what, what happened with the near-death experience. Wow. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was definitely a before and after scenario. So there was my life before which I think if I look back now was very fear driven. Um, and then my life now, which is not without fear, I do still have fear, um, but I'm able to recognize it, notice it, release it, and then take myself back to the place of no fear. Um, and then, can, I, can I ask what was happening with your husband and, and children at that time? So you, you were seeing them, what were they seeing? Were they seeing you just in recovery or? or yeah, so they were just sort of, I mean, they were in the sort of whirlwind because we'd had the one surgery, we got through it, thought, okay, that's it. And then they, when we went in for the second one and and it was just quite clear that that one wasn't as simple or it just, you know, I came out and was in ICU and things like that. So um, my children, I think, were very much, they were younger at that stage. So they're now in their 20s, but they were, so they were sort of in their mid-teens. And um they were very much feeding off how we were and we were very much going along the path as this is just meant to happen and just go with it and and hold that space and my husband was very much he i think if anyone he was the one who took the most the brunt of it because i was busy there having the experience and and i was sort of caught up in that the children were sort of carrying on with their lives and he was the sort of go-between and the conduit sort of feeding the information and so yeah for for him it it must have just been so much more difficult because he was dealing with neurosurgeons. He wasn't really aware of what was happening with me because only found out about that later. So he was at that stage sitting in hospital chairs, sort of getting feedback from, from neurosurgeons and, and nurses and things like that. But yeah, but I think as a family, we're a very um, close unit and there's a very strong connection 
And I think at some level they all knew it was okay and was all fine because there was an incredible sense of peace, even though we knew it was quite um, intense what was happening. Yeah. Wow. And um, have you been able to share these learnings with your family and uh, and get them also to the space of no fear? Is, is yeah. that a possibility? Yeah. You managed to, with your work, bring other people to that place of no fear? Do you know, I talk about it quite a lot and I work with it. And um, so, yeah, so it's definitely become part of my work. Um, my children, I definitely can see that they've taken that on. And I, I've not held back anything. I've not sort of not let them know about it because I just think it's part of our experience. It's part of life. Um, and they have quite a, a good relationship with, with it now um, where we can talk openly about it. And, and I think that for them gives them perspective. So, so yeah, I can definitely see it's had an impact on, on all of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a huge thing to go through. Um, bringing, bringing this information back to where we are now currently. Um, Cause I also know that you work with animals in particular horses. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, how how is what's going on now in sort of human consciousness and what's going on around the planet how has that impacted your daily life and i was going to say the life of your clients um but i'm not entirely sure how in touch you are with your clients right now but how has how has it changed your life with animals and the humans that are in your life so yeah so with with clients a lot of clients, I'm now doing distance, more distance sessions. I always did them before, but I, I quite enjoyed the, the human contact, the human touch. So I, I did more in-person sessions, whereas obviously over this period now, it's switched more to distance sessions, which in, in itself has been interesting. And um, But yeah, what it has meant, um, because I've had more time, because I'm not traveling and things like that, I have spent more time with my horses. So I have three horses. I've got three rescue horses. And... Um, and yeah, it's been phenomenal from that perspective, just having more time with them because um, they really do reflect. Horses are amazing in that whatever you take into the field, they reflect. So if you take fear into the field, they really do reflect it back to you. And something that was quite interesting, which happened recently, is I've got little Shetland. Um, she's actually a miniature Shetland. So I always say to people, I've got two and a half horses because she's so tiny. And um, she... She's, she had a really, really tough time before she came to me. And she, she's got definite fears around certain people and things like that. And with her, it's very much around creating a safe space. So if there's anything in me, any sort of fear or any worries or any other emotion other than that sort of clear sort of still point, clear slate of nothingness, um, no expectations, no judgment, no belief systems, nothing. So you really do have to go in there with that space to make her feel safe. And I mean, she had an experience where she she didn't like the um, the farrier or the podiatrist, equine podiatrist um, trimming her hooves. And um, she, with her, you have to absolutely, when you're in that experience, completely take everything out of it so that she doesn't feel fear. And it's amazing with her. She sort of leans up against you and just almost, you can hear her breathing. She's, and her brain is telling her, this is fearful, this is scary. Um, but she's trusting that that space that you're holding of no fear and she allows the experience to happen because she trusts that no fear and she's in that space. So that's her. But then with the others, um, obviously the three of them, I got them as babies. So the one was 11 months old. The other one was 18 months old. And um, 
they were absolutely untouchable. Um, I mean, I think I said to you earlier that one of them, when I got them, kicked me in the stomach. I ended up in hospital. They were so, so terrified of people. And it was literally going to the field every day with nothing, clearing your slate, walking in there and um, building up a trust with them where they, they accepted that you're not bringing anything, you're not going to try and hurt them. Um, so I worked with that and it was probably about four months that I went there and we just sort of went there and stayed together until they trusted me. Um, and then I've also trained in zoo pharmacognosy, which is um, animals self-selecting their um, natural herbs and essential oils and things like that, which so they can naturally heal their bodies. So I've worked with them a lot with that. Um, and that has been absolutely amazing. I mean, the one the one horse that I have, um, she lost her mum when she was about six months old in the field. And so I got her at 11 months old and she was just petrified of, of people and all this grief and things like that just bottled up inside her and a huge lack of trust. And with her, the oil that we used, the essential oils, was rose otter, which is the highest frequency essential oil. And it really goes to the deep emotional um sort of problems and issues and with her it was I, I think people sort of half the way down the road could have heard her or down the um, yeah, lane would have heard her she just this horse was literally screaming releasing all this emotion and it was amazing after that she's just the most loving trusting wonderful horse um, and you just think so wonderful to be able to release that with 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 these amazing um, natural techniques yeah Wow, I'm um, I'm kind of um, lost in a in a moment of potential there because I was really <laughs> <laughs> considering um, your connection with the animals and um, and like the the shared consciousness that you've created that space between you and them. So there's almost like no space mm -hmm. as you drop your your yourself as you allow mm -hmm. yourself to drop down. There is this kind of position of no space almost like a merge yeah, yeah. do you think that's um, a potential that we as humans have is that where we might need to go to be able to find peace what are your thoughts like you know is this t time teaching us anything is this where we we need to go do you think sorry yeah. there's a lot of questions there and feels right <laughs> no I absolutely I think with the horses if I look at my experience and how, I mean, I've, I've had horses from a child and, um, but just with, with these horses, you do learn so much along the way without even realizing that you're learning. I mean, just, yeah, taking people into the field, they, they really do react with what they're bringing in. And I think there's so much that can be learned from that because you can see what it is you bring into the field um, by what's reflected in them. And, um, you know, if you try and catch them, I mean, because we have this predator-prey relationship with them, where we the predators, they the prey, and everything we do reaffirms that. So trying to connect with them and work with them where you're on a par, when you've got eyes on the front of your face, which are predator eyes, and they've got eyes on the side, which are prey eyes. So so they very much, everything's reaffirming when we stare at them and, and, and sort of think, oh, sorry, let me just get rid of that. I didn't think that was connected, but anyway, so yeah, so it's all about these days, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, in the moment. So, um, yeah, so with them, it's just constantly um, reaffirming that we are, are connected with them. We're not trying to kill them, eat them, whatever. Um, and, and yeah, so that whole relationship comes up with it. So you really have to clear yourself um, and work with them, not in control of them.
not try and control them, put it that way. And then um, I, I know quite a few animal communicators. Um, do you do you get the communication? Do you feel like them talk to you? Do you get messages from them? Yeah, yeah. They are. They're wonderful. They really do. And it's in that stillness where you just hold that space of loving energy where you connect your heart energy with them. And their hearts are so big. They're such spiritual animals. They really, really um, connect. Um, and what's interesting with them is they start, well, they do lots of different things as they start shifting. But one of the things that they often do is they start yawning. And they just, and you'll start with one where one starts yawning. So you're just standing there connecting with heart energy, holding the space of nothingness where you there's just love. Um, and the one will start yawning and then the next one will start yawning and then the next one will start yawning. And the three of them will just stand there with you, yawning away, just completely feeling safe and dropping into that space of no fear, um, which is wonderful. So let me get this right. So as one, as it happens to one, it's somehow communicated to the other two. Mm. They feel it and it spreads. Mm. Mm. It's absolutely amazing. And it's, I've worked with people who've never even touched horses and come into the field. And I always explain to them, I say to them, you know, we're going to work with the horses, but the horses, they're not shut down. They're completely open. They've not been uh, told this is how you have to behave. They've been allowed to be horses and express themselves. So we, we do it and we work with them. And I always say to them, you, you, you need to invite the horses. And if the horses feel like they can trust you, they'll work with you. But if they don't want to work with you, we, we may need to walk away. And that's absolutely fine. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's that sort of thing of openness where it's not me controlling the situation. It's basically we're going to work together as a team where we both feel comfortable and trust each other. Um, and it's amazing what they'll do and how they'll open up um, once they feel that trust. I, I really, um, I really feel what you're saying um, deep <laughs> inside. I, I'm, I've, um, I'm probably not a very good example because I've always been a little bit scared of horses, <laughs> just because I've not had the experience to get to know them. I'm sure, I'd um, not have a problem with them, but um, I feel that with plants. So sometimes mm. when I'm in my garden, I will have the plan that I want to move a particular plant yeah. or a species of plant, and I will kind of look at all three in front of me and say right which one of you is the one that wants to go um and not quite like that like I'm their prey like ripping them up at the roots but I kind of I, I really feel like I need to be in symbiosis with the plants that I work with and and also when we're growing food that we want to eat or I'm um, working with plants whose seeds mm. I want to use again um to keep my family healthy I feel like there is a dialogue between us. There is a, a symbiosis. There is a relationship. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's probably going on on multiple levels throughout mm. the world right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. I must say I'm reading a, a book at the moment which is really interesting called The Hidden Life of Trees. And it's how trees communicate with each other. And it's just unbelievable. And it's exactly as you're saying. It's that connection with the plants, with the um, with the sort of plant life and the biodiversity. And it's all the, all that information is there when you quieten your mind and start listening. Yes, absolutely. And my favourite book, funnily enough, is um, The Secret Life of Soil or The Secrets of the Soil. It's from yeah. the 1970s or something. I think Brilliant. it was written when I was born. But the wisdom in it is like mind-blowing. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how can we apply this into our lives, Stacey? Like if somebody was listening to this now and had been feeling that you know 
life wasn't that clear for them. What steps would you recommend to them to be able to connect into something, to be able to feel that um, that heart opening or the dropping of their personality? How, how could they get to that state right now? So you know? the, one of the things that I've worked with a lot over this period, um, because in with the horses and in my sessions, what I work with is the still point, which I know comes up in a lot of different therapies. and But the still point for me, I, I mentioned it earlier, is I call it place of place of nothingness, where there's no expectations, no belief systems, no judgment, just no emotions, nothing. And in that space, you're able to to hear the quiet messages that are there all the time, but we sort of filter them out because of all the noise and and what our mind's telling us and things like that. And what is really helpful to get into that still space because when we keep in our head, we just can't get to that still space. But when we drop into our heart, we're able to access it. And just taking three long, deep, slow breaths in and out helps, and with an awareness of your heart, helps you drop into your heart. Um, and once you're in your heart space, you're able to hear the messages a lot more clearly. Because the thing is, is when our breathing speeds up, or when we breathe as we normally do in a day-to-day -day life, it's very connected into a fear response. So we, when, when we're being chased by the saber-toothed tiger, whatever, your respiratory system kicks into action and you need your breath to speed up so that you can run away from, from the danger. So when our breath is moving faster, we are in, in that fear place. As we slow it down and as we drop into heart space, you allow yourself that space of, of no fear. And it's in that space where you're able to hear the messages which are able to give you the clarity going forward. So that, that would be just a little thing that I would say. I mean, there's lots of different things. But I think one of the things is noticing the fear, noticing how you're reacting to it. But dropping into that heart space really, really helps. Wow, that's that's useful because we all have breath. It's free and it's something that we can do at home. Mm -hmm. And you can do it anytime you want. Just take yourself down and just calms your whole system down. Excellent. Um, so I've got one final question. Well, actually, two. <laughs> the last one would be if someone wants to. In fact, I'll ask that one first. Yep. Um, if somebody wanted to contact you, um, you know, and connect with you, how could they best do that right now? So uh, the best way for them to connect with me is my through my website, um, which is choose to thrive. Choose to thrive. Right. Okay, so I'll we'll, put a link to that. Okay, excellent. So um, choose to thrive. Um, so that's that's my website. Um, that's probably the best way, and they can email me there from me. Choose to thrive.co.uk. I will link that down below. But okay, my real final question yeah. is: um, What are your great realizations of this? Of this time period what have you learned from it how's this changing you i think for me is i just have been reminded and it's something we all know but you sort of get lost and even with the space of nothingness all that is just how the simplicity and the um the lack of clutter gives you that clarity going forward and i definitely have simplified my life in many ways and just having that space to walk up to the horses every day, spend time in the field, um, which I always did, but and I've always done, but it, it just not to the degree that I have over this period. And it's really made me look at what I want to take forward with me and what I want to leave behind, because um, we do fill our lives with so much clutter, uh, mental clutter, physical clutter. I've actually just come back from 
taking a whole load of things uh, to to the tip to clear out you know from the weekend clearing out things like that and it, it is that's creating that space within our minds within our uh, life so that you get that clarity so yeah for me simplicity has been the key coming forward and coming out of this excellent wow thank you so much um i really really appreciate you taking your time today with us um and i'd like to say a big thank you to anybody who's listened in today um whether it's through podcasts through youtube through facebook um however you've connected with stacy and i today i really thank you for your attention and your awareness Hey, it's Louisa once again. I just wanted to thank you so much for tuning in today. Of course, there are more episodes in the planning. I'm recording them right now with a whole range of great, inspiring teachers and practitioners and healers and intuitives and all sorts. So stay tuned for more. If um, if there's anything I can do to help you in the near future, if you want your own bit of planetary or cosmic guidance or a little bit of a channeled message, then please do feel free to connect in with me. You can reach me via email. It's Louisa at feelgoodastrology.com. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and obviously on Spotify as you have done today. Anyway, thanks once again for connecting. Take care. Bye for now.